Welcome to the Basic Bitch Diaries. I'm your host, Ashley McAllister. I'm a wellness coach, sound healer, and your everyday basic chick, and I'm going to help empower you to live your most authentic life. Oh, hey, pod fam. <laughs> um, today's episode is going to be a little more intense. Although I will say our last episode was also just as intense, but this is going a whole different direction. And I am joined again today by my dearest bestie. Oh, hi. Sometimes she doesn't pick up what I'm putting down. However, okay. So today's topic, I really wanted to talk about this crisis that is going on with the Palestinian people. And I feel like it's been a very heavy topic for a couple weeks now, but you and I didn't really talk about it till like the other day. And it just made me think that we have to share these thoughts with other people. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. And I feel like, so I talked to Rumi about everything literally everything there is not a one single topic i don't share with her and i feel like most best friendships are like that however um she's also like my one friend who actually keeps up with what is going on in the world not just in the united states so this is like a perfect episode i feel like for us so it's going to be a little heavy, folks. So make sure you grab yourself a warm fall bevy, even though today I'm a little mad because it's been fall vibes for us all of October. And then all of a sudden this week, Michigan decided we were going to have a heat wave. So oh, the heat wave is 68 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> but yes, we've talked about this before. I am a, I am a 40s and 50s kind of gal, especially in the fall. Well, 40s is only 10 degrees off. Anyways, it's literally almost 70 degrees outside right now. People are walking around in shorts, and it feels like summer. We saw one person in shorts. I saw one person in shorts. Okay, Okay. (laughs) whatever. Anyways, so I feel like to kind of start this conversation, I just kind of want to open it up with saying that I think it is really important that we – pay attention to what is going on around us, like within our community and in like a larger aspect also around the world. Um, Because I think when there's crisis that's going on around the world, it, when we really take the time to understand what's going on in other places and with different communities, we're able to be more empathetic and understanding of all sorts of different kinds of people. But these conversations are always a little tough. I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, so <clears throat> give them the lowdown, Rumi, on what has been happening in Gaza. So I have been paying attention to international news for a while now but even so there's still so much to learn because everybody has these 
relationships with other countries and we don't see like those invisible lines. And so I think it's hard when you are from an outward perspective and you are looking in on a different country and like trying to understand their, their politics. So Gaza has been occupied for over 75 years by, by um, Israel. So Israel didn't have a home for a while. And so they settled in to where Palestine, uh, Palestinian people lived a very long time ago. And they systematically took away their land and moved in. And so this kept displacing Palestinian people until they didn't have much space left. Now they only have the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And unfortunately, like over the years, they've had like different folks in charge of their government. And now they have Hamas in charge. And so there has been talks between Israel and Palestinian folks about having a two-party state and kind of like ending with occupation as it is now, but it's never gone anywhere. It's gotten close, but both parties have not agreed. And so now Hamas, who's in charge of uh, the Palestinian people, launched an attack on October 7th that they were coming in from like hang gliders and in offensive and on trucks and they were they just crushed through the border wall and they got over 200 hostages and there was um some airstrikes and there were quite a few jewish people impacted and um then they stole those hostages to the Gaza Strip, where they have them. Yeah. And that's, they're like slowly, they're not all released, but they've been. There's only even releasing. four people released. Yeah. There's been, I think it was two Americans first, and then there was two elderly women. But interestingly enough, one of the elderly women that got released talked about how she doesn't want to see like any more war and that. Um, yeah. what's really interesting about her specifically is that she and her husband are actually for peace. Okay. And so they've actually been helping Palestinian people. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. While they were, in, while they were in Israel. Oh, when yeah. In Israel. When they were in Israel, they so were, they were for, yes. mm-hmm, but they were for peace. I see. They were helping okay. Palestinian people relocate. Yeah. So even though, and then she was released, but her husband's still there. Okay. And so she called for like a ceasefire and she was being oh, held. Wait, pause real quick. Will you define ceasefire? I've been seeing that term, but I don't know because there are a lot of Americans mad right now, right? Because they, we aren't calling for a ceasefire. Yeah. So a ceasefire is a temporary suspension of fighting, typically one during which peace talks take place. So basically, okay, so it's almost like calling a truce so that it both is. parties can come to a resolution. Yes. I see. And so okay. the woman, the older woman that got released, she was in the there's a whole tunnel network under Gaza. Oh like a, a tunnel system. Like a whole tunnel system. Okay. 
And the Israel Israel folks um, suspected it, but weren't sure of it. And now they're realizing that that's probably where all the hostages are being held. Uh, that um, makes sense. But yes, people are calling for a ceasefire. So for people who are in the U.S., people abroad, <clears throat> because I guess the, the the hard thing about this is if you were occupying a region and you are being abusive towards those people, which let's be real, Israel kind of was, eventually it's going to boil over. And it's boiled over right. multiple times before. Right. But this time they had a really coordinated attack. And so I feel for like the Jewish civilians that were affected. Um, but I do think that if you don't talk things through and you don't figure out like a better way forward, then the, it doesn't, repeating. yeah, it doesn't yeah. get resolved. And, and so all for nothing. Now Israel is retaliating because of the because of Hamas's attack right. on Israel, but all these civilians are dying. Like they were cutting off, they cut off water, they cut off fuel, they cut off um, right. the gas. Is Israel has cut off? Okay, so let's maybe back up a little bit. So because you know I didn't really know this till we were talking about it, but so the Gaza Strip and West Bank are all they're two territories on now known as Israel, but Israel, so for like any of the Palestinians living in Gaza or the West Bank, like everything has to go through Israel, Israel, like Israeli channels, right? They're the most, they're the, the world's largest open air prison. Yes. And the most highly populated, densely populated. So like when you say like, so they're cutting off water, fuel, and all that kinds of things. It's Israel is doing that. Like Mm -hmm. they're cutting. To smoke them out. Yeah. And so what's really sad right now is hospitals need gas to run. Yeah. Because I don't know what the count is now, but when I was looking at the news yesterday, um, there was at least some information out on one hospital that's cut off now. They don't have electricity. They don't have. Yeah. Yeah. It's super bad. So. Yeah. They. <clears throat> I was reading this the other day. They're surviving. Everybody in Palestine um, is surviving off of three liters a day, which is point zero seven nine gallons, I believe. Because I looked it up because it was on NPR. They were talking about it. I did look at their weather because I was just curious about, like, how hot it was. It's, it's like, in the 70s. But that's not... Still under the sun. Yeah. That's not a lot of water, A. B, if that's the amount of water they have, then I would assume that's the amount of water they have for bathing, for cooking, for, like... Right for everything and like i don't know what their bathroom situation is i don't know like how much that affects that but i'm I'm sure it does right and i believe they only had i think there was around like 20 trucks that were let through finally through egypt into uh the palestinian region and it's not it's not enough it's not anywhere amount what they need and Israel just invaded on the ground today. And so who knows what that's going to mean for Palestinian people because 
like it's already been really bad with like all the airstrikes like right. when they had the northern part of the gaza strip evacuate that was one million people who were then moving to the south end and with nowhere to go like i think right now like people with homes they're like hosting people right and like 20 families to a home because yeah. there's there's no yeah well there's not enough also space. with all of the bombing and there's um, tents there's yeah. all these tents set up there's too. a lot of like, tent cities. destruction so like and half know. of the palestinian region in the gaza strip are children half right that means there's, yeah, there's one million two, children yeah so there's only two million in the population in gaza i don't know about west bank yeah and is so is there also stuff happening with the west bank or right now the focal is gaza i think the focal point is gaza but i, I don't think i've heard about I the west feel bank like i would have to research that more yeah but and guys we are learning as we're going here and also just like keeping up to date with like what's going on but i don't think i've heard about anything specifically with um west bank um and it's funny because when we originally were talking about this the other day um you know from from my perspective sometimes i can be sometimes i can be very like black and white about stuff when in reality there's just so many gray areas because like i feel like the solution is so simple but it's never really simple <laughs> because there's so many different layers of this going on it is oh, so many layers and I, I feel like i've been thinking more and more that international like it's a foreign, lot more complicated yeah like foreign policy yeah. is so interesting to me but you know when people are like oh i don't like politics i'm always like well do you not like your rights or like do you not like the the how how much compromising is involved how much education how much pivoting because yeah that's the part of politics that's really hard right but you know it's complicated because the u.s they are we are allies with israel and right. like when we have treaties with certain countries those treaties are in place because we are globalized network in the world right. and we have to rely on certain people and certain treaties and certain like measures because of products that we use right. like for example when russia and ukraine started going oh, off germany didn't want to get involved because russia supplies so much of their gas to germany but that's how interconnected right International but also, politics. like, we have treaties and allies with people to keep peace. And we then do. when we don't help keep the peace with these people we're allied with, it creates friction within our ally system. It does. It's a whole ecosystem. It's very yes. nuanced. And it's funny because I, like, I still have, like, my own feelings about, like, what's happening. But I also can understand that it's very complicated. It is really Because there's a lot of, like, if we're just talking about within our community, like in the States, there's a lot of division over this. Without a doubt. Yeah. I think that 
we can all agree that what's happening in Gaza is a humanitarian crisis and it's ethnic cleansing and a genocide and absolutely horrific. Yeah. While also holding space that if things don't quiet down within, within Gaza and Israel, that it could lead to a broader regional conflict in the Middle East, which could then pull in a whole bunch of countries, countries, which really then leads to like more death and war. Yeah. And that's that's really scary. And and like I feel like working in politics there's a lot more compromise than people think. Yes. Yep. And it's the bigger picture and like I don't know really where it ends with like how much you need to compromise before you've compromised you've compromised out of your values. But I do know that even with our own paths in life, it's not a straight path. Right. We take a lot of different like avenues. And yeah. so of course, with something like this, it's gonna be very similar. Yeah. It's not gonna be like Yeah, well, I feel like the road to peace is always a thousand steps. Like it's absolutely never it's never straightforward, right? Cause like when because there's a lot of people out there right now voicing their opinion on like war and like peace over war and like you know because there is the massive amounts of children dying right now um and those videos are horrific they are horrific and while death itself is like like in this manner when it's because of war is really tragic um mm-hmm. and then i feel like there's always another layer when it's um children and i feel like yeah. so like a lot of people are calling out like ceasefire and things like that but i also think it's not it's not simple like they can't just it's not like turn certain things on and off and then all of a sudden we've found peace because so like what's happening right now is that the whole reason um the palestinians well maybe not the whole reason but like palestinians did launch an attack this month was because they've been oppressed for so long. Yeah. And so in this relationship, it's an oppressor and those being oppressed. And there's communities still like this all over the world. All over um, the world. But eventually, right, if there's no resolution between the oppressor and those being oppressed, yeah, there's eventually going to be conflict um there always is you look throughout history and it it happens over and over and over and over again new zealand Um, in the kiwis oh yeah i mean you can look at native people in canada you can look at the u.s you can yeah there's always yeah yeah and so it's really really complicated and so i know i've been like reading a lot of different things across like social media Um, Because I know there's a lot of outrage right now with why is Israel being supported um, versus Palestine. Because, like, my thing, too, when we talked about this, um, with Biden signing, oh, my gosh, what was it called? The aid package. The aid package to aid Israel. But that has to make it through Congress. Right. It has to make it through Congress. So it hasn't hasn't officially passed, right? Well, they just got a new, very anti-LGBT Speaker of the House. 
let's just put it out there. But now that there's an actual speaker of the house, then they can actually do yeah. the work of the house right. to pass something like the aid package. But okay. the aid package. Yeah, because I feel like the aid. So, like, when we talked about this, like, when we talked about the aid package, so a chunk is going to go to aid Israel, but then there's also a chunk being set aside to aid in humanitarian work for the Palestinian people. And like, when I think about that, I'm like, that is so um, ass backwards because we're aiding people to fund a war, but then also aiding the people who are on the other end of that stick. And so in my mind, I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, but like I've been saying, it's there's so many variables. So it's hard to keep track of them. The reason that they included – so it's actually interesting. So if it was just the aid for, for Ukraine, yeah. If it was just the aid for Ukraine, it probably – the aid package probably wouldn't have gone through because they were already struggling with getting more mm-hmm. aid to Ukraine. Yeah. This is really messed up. But the best thing that could have ever happened for Ukraine – is for Israel's war to start because it's easier to sell to Congress to help Israel and help Ukraine than to just help Ukraine. That's true. We have been aiding quite a bit with because people have been really frustrated with like us sending so much money over to Ukraine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When it was like first blowing up, there was, yeah, that's a rabbit trail, but yeah, people, but the thing is, is that like, We have to keep Russia in check because Russia is a huge power that, let's be honest, was like interfering with our elections. So if we don't aid Ukraine in Russia gains Ukraine, that just makes everything so much worse. Talk about even more like power. Like it's in our interest not to let that happen. Yeah. And so Israel, like having two. We all need checks and balance. We do. Um, which is why when you look at history, the reason there's been so much craziness is because there weren't good checks and balances mm-hmm. happening. It looks like a hundred. So it was a Biden was seeking 106 billion for aid that would include aid to Ukraine and Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't think it's gone through yet, but <clears throat> people have been. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of there being a divide. Yeah. What do you feel like is the biggest argument on both sides? I think looking at the Palestinian history They've been, you know, being ethnically cleansed for a while now. And I think there are a lot of people that are just frustrated that people are finally, like, understanding what's been going on. And so they're using this moment to hopefully have people stay involved. Right. Because let's be honest, something else is going to hit the news cycle. Yeah. And that's that's terrible. It but, like, terrible. it yeah. happened to Ukraine. But Ukraine, people only pay attention when the most extreme things happen. Yeah. So I think that a lot of Palestinian people or Palestinian allies or Jewish people who, who um, are supporting 
you know, Palestinians are like, yeah, you you guys haven't been paying attention. This has been happening. This isn't a new thing. It's the new hot thing, unfortunately, where like people are paying attention to. And like, to be honest, when it comes to the Middle East, it's hard to keep up with everything going on. And yeah, I'm not even like I'm part of that group, too. Mm -hmm. And so. Oh, for sure. I but like that doesn't mean when things like this happen that you don't become involved because I felt the same thing with Ukraine. I feel the same way about a lot of things I don't know. And then I feel like for people who are Israeli, who are Jewish, are really upset that they were literally attacked first and they had people die and they have hostages in Palestine and they're like, we're grieving, we're mourning. And then on top of that, they've been seeing an uptick in anti-Semitic rhetoric, not only abroad, but in the U.S. So have Palestinian folks as well, but it's making the divide that much harder. And then there's also Jewish people who are in support of Palestine, um, but they did just have a segment at NPR that talked about it is people typically under 30 who are saying that Jewish people um, who are saying that it's a genocide and people over 30 who are not saying it's, I don't know if they're not, they're not going so much towards like it being a genocide and more focused on the fact of their people and focused on like the anti-Semitic rhetoric that's been happening. Because what's been happening right now with Jewish people, because a lot of Jewish Americans have been getting hit hard. Yes. Um, like people actually committing crimes against Jewish people. Yes. And like, here is my one thing about that is that like, we shouldn't carry the sins of our fathers. And so yeah. I feel like for a lot of people, it can be really hard to separate that. Right. But like the people that are living peacefully and living their lives and things like that still end up being collateral damage. And then people are seeking them out to commit crimes against people who haven't actually committed crimes. Because there's been a bunch of, like, people in the Jewish community who have been getting flack for this. um, But, like, they didn't didn't commit any crimes. Like, these are, like, innocent people. And the funny thing about all of this, that's not that funny, is... It's very sad that they're contesting this land because of it being the holy land. So this is all about God, if we're being really honest. You know what's funny is like all wars are always religious. Yeah. I don't think there's not been a anyways, that's rabbit trail. And we could just be sharing yeah. and caring and like yeah. it, for the people that are religious should be taking care of one another. And so launching into this war, we're all on this earth together. Literally. We shall be functioning together. Healthily. Healthily. Healthily and with boundaries, folks. We support that here <laughs> on the Basic Bitch Diaries. Yes. Okay? And there, they, Palestinian folks have a wall. There is a wall around them. For their own safety. Supposedly. Yes. And they have to ask Israel to leave to do the territory. Yeah. Which is a problem 
Yeah. That's a, that's a pro- that's just like a, a straight up problem. And they didn't have great infrastructure before. And it was really interesting because I was following somebody on social media, Instagram, and she was saying, look up because you can geolocate on Instagram to like see what's going on in mm-hmm. Israel to like see what people in Israel are posting. So she looked that up to, you know, because everybody's like, well, Israel's really hurting. I want to know. Yeah. People at the beach. People doing karaoke, people at restaurants. Right, like it's a regular day. 40 miles away, they're having to label people's body parts with their names so they know who to reattach it to. Yeah. So, like, can we feel for Israel and, like, all the things that have happened to them? Yes. But... Israel is pouring concrete in their water supply. I know, yeah. And they were doing, they were bombing hospitals, mosques. They were bombing the people who were fleeing from the north to the south when they were told to evacuate while they were on the road. Because, like, as of right now, so we're, like, we're, like, almost three weeks in to this war that started. So, like, the Palestinians kicked it off. But did they keep it going? Or has all this just been retaliation from Israel now? That's a really good question. I don't feel... Because I think it's mostly been Israel. But don't quote me, folks. Yeah. Google, I feel like it's mostly been Israel. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like... If they had some, like... If there was... Also back and forth. Yeah, because I think... Because, like, so when we're getting all these news updates that have been coming in for the last, like, week or two, I feel like have been about Israel retaliating. Mm -hmm. And now it's just the aftermath that the Palestinians keep having to clean up. Okay. With all that being said, there's a lot going on, both sides. There's support for both sides. It's a very mixed bag. So... How are you feeling about those news? I feel like we love to repeat history. Unfortunately. And there's always Mm -hmm. people taking advantage of the underdog and the people who don't have power every time throughout everything literally the ages and i think what's interesting is that jewish people and not just jewish people right it was jewish people who were in the holocaust but queer people there were people of color the disabled disabled like it affected a lot of marginalized communities and so i think it's important that any marginalized community keep themselves conscious of what is going on around them and you know check in with themselves and I don't I think that when you've been attacked like that generational trauma is there and sometimes it's just easy to like overcorrect and I you know I'm not saying that's what Jewish people did I'm not saying like anything like like that but I do think it's really easy for the oppressed to become the oppressor. I have a lot of feelings already and for a long time about how, you know, I identify as leftist. I identify as being liberal and like 
all that. But I don't agree with the shame of other groups and the, um, I just don't agree with like being cruel to make a point. And I think that's just like a thing on both sides um, that I, I believe we need to work through because teaching people with shame does not leave lead to teaching it leads to resentment it leads to people pushing back and like digging their heels in it leads to not really shame is never a tool for learning ever yeah and so when it comes to this first off the people who are really like paying attention to this are folks who are more politically involved or they are they have seen the videos of the children being massacred and are like, wow, this is like really messed up. And I think that's all very great, but like the average person is not paying attention to the atrocities in like Israel and Palestine because they're barely paying attention to the atrocities at home. Very true. And so I think it's important that we just focus on our humanity because of apathy. Like there's so much apathy with everything because life is a lot. Life is hard. And <clears throat> I mean, what do you do? And I think that the things you do is you speak out for the people who want to talk to the representatives, talk to your representatives. If you have money, send a little bit of money. Right. I sent $10. <laughs> Yeah. That's not probably not going to do a lot, but yeah, $10 is still something. And I think, yeah, um, this is our world, you know, like we all live in this one world. So it doesn't matter about borders or countries or anything like that, because at the end of the day, we all live on this planet. Like we all should get along. Yeah, I feel like it's a group project, and we actually never escape group projects. Some people don't understand the assignment. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, so I wanted to bring this kind of conversation to the podcast because uh, as much as, like, on my social medias, if you guys follow me outside of the podcast, like, I like to be a space where there's positivity, there's joy, there's light, but I also believe in social media being used as a space to create awareness because I think, especially with the climate throughout the pandemic, um, I know that can be probably a trigger for some people, but I, there's been, I feel like a huge shift from start to end of the pandemic in just like the way people show up for themselves and each other. And it hasn't all been great. And I think that people can still have boundaries around um, what they're learning about the going-ons in their community, in the country they live in, and in the wider net around the world. And I think so many people they'll see the news come on and they just like immediately like, oh, disgraceful. I can't. And people turn away. And I think that there 
is definitely a time and a place for people to really like lean in to the things that are going on. And so I think it is important that like when we hear about crisis or like just anything going on, that if there is any way that you play a part in like helping, I think it's a huge service to the humans around us. Because when we stay silent and we don't do things, it just continues to create a more like negative environment. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause while there's a time and a place for choosing yourself, I also think that we do a disservice to each other when we don't engage in a healthy way. Yeah. And I think that like the notion of, so I'm sure a lot of us have like heard this and maybe many, many times, but like the phrasing of like, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I love, love, love that sentiment. And I think we should all be encouraging that. But I also think that there are so many conversations that need to be had and like moving conversations forward, just like with awareness of like world news, wars going on around the world. And Cause like some people aren't in a place to donate or to like send care packages or they don't necessarily have like a direct, like they're not directly affected. Like you and I are not directly immediately affected. We don't have family in Israel. We don't have family in um, Gaza or the West Bank. Um, But I think as like global citizens, we still have a little bit of a responsibility to pay attention to what's going on so that if there is a way we can help that we can do that. And I think one of one of the biggest things we can do, especially since we live pretty freely in the States, is to have conversations and not just like read the news and that's it. Like and it just stops there. And I think so many people do that. And so many people just don't even, they don't even know. Like, I don't even know if everybody who's going to tune into this episode even knows what's happening. Which is so wild because there are, um, there are protests around the world right now in regards Mm -hmm. to this. And, and I think in almost every country where there's protests, the government is in support of Israel. Yeah. Because it's so complicated keeping the world going. And I think the little well, girl yeah. inside me is very sad because yes. I think when you're a kid, you're like, this is wrong. Stop. And I still believe that. But I guess what do you do when if you do stop? you trigger an even bigger war right? worldwide. That's why it's complicated. But, like, the issue itself of the genocide of Palestinians is not complicated. Like, we need to stop that. But the the political background that would literally stop and create peace is complicated. So complicated. It's like it's the path to get there that is complicated, but the ideal itself, right, world peace, 
peace with our communities is not that is not a complicated concept it's not but it's all of the steps in between to get to the end goal Mm -hmm. that makes it so so complicated and npr put out a really good they explained because biden's put out two national addresses on this issue and one of the things that they talked about is that he is outwardly supporting Israel. Yeah. But inner is putting pressure on Netanyahu and being like, you need, let's, let's have a ceasefire. Like, let's like, let's put some type of compromise in here. And so there's actually an article that came out and I can't, I think it was on CNN or something else, but it was saying that he, Netanyahu was pushing back because people were saying that the U.S. was steamrolling Israel into a ceasefire. So you have an ally that you're then trying to publicly support, but in reality, you're trying to stop it from happening. Right. And then you have, you know, another president that's like, you don't have any, you don't get, you don't, you don't have a say in this. Like, we're going to do what we're going to do because we were attacked. And... How do you how do you fix that? Like yeah. they went he went to Israel and then the summit that he was planning on on being a part of was canceled when he went to Israel. Like all the regional areas pulled out. I think that was like Egypt and Lebanon and like some other places. Probably, but yeah. But they pulled out and so he ended up, I think, just meeting with Netanyahu, but I don't ever want to be the person that um, that like hides behind like the political nature of everything as a justification for what's happening because that's not the case. But I am saying that I think it's naive to think that things are such a simple straight line when nothing in our life is a simple straight line to get things accomplished, to get things done, to make a change, to form a habit, like anything. Like it takes time. It takes like it's not a straight line and yeah. then you're going to talk about global politics in such a simplistic way when to be honest we don't know how many times we're even in situations that could have yeah. that have that have been averted that we don't even know about right and it, it doesn't mean that like our government couldn't do better but i think it is important to realize the amount of work it takes to make that change yeah and yeah it's so much different when you're making change for your own personal life versus like literal groups and communities and countries. It's um, not a job that I will sign up for. Um, No, thank you. Um, So I know like lots of people are like weighing in on this war. And at the end of the day, it's just very sad. Very sad. I've been going through my neighborhood and just imagining it bombed out okay because i think it's important i think that a lot of people when they hear about wars overseas they're like yeah that's like a war overseas where things that would never happen here but then when you see war and then you see somebody on their smartphone in another country or like doing something that you would have been doing. Right. I think 
it hits home as it should. You shouldn't have to put yourself in someone's shoes to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's terrible. But we have this privilege, I feel like, in the U.S. where we're just like, that would never happen. I was literally just thinking that. Like, because we – the only time on American soil we have ever experienced this was 9-11. And to be, mm-hmm. to be fair, our country's not old. Yeah. And a lot of these countries that are still experiencing a lot of this tragedy have been experiencing it for ages and ages. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the United States is what? Not very old at all. And to be honest, probably the the – thing that's probably the most similar to this is the civil war that's yeah because we were fighting each other we were fighting each other that's right we were occupying land right well sort of in a way we were enslaving people that we stole from other places Mm -hmm. and then like making them work on our land so like a little bit different but like right it was super dark that's when we had war Right, where there was actual war in our in our country, right. and we just love to forget about those things and to like be in the sense of security. But yeah, to be honest, who knows? Like, I want the U.S. to yeah. be stable, right? But we're headed towards a pretty intense election, and we're already not in a yeah. great place. And who knows, really? And I think. these are all things to consider like our politics are very intense right now but so are a lot of people's right argentina yeah has a very far right person who is rising to power very far right yeah it's wild to think that like so as much as the climate in the states is very concerning it's also about to think that we're still one of the most freest countries. Yes. And it and even, we lead the way. even like us as citizens in the United States, it feels crazy. And I, it's honestly hard for me to imagine like other countries that don't even, don't even operate on democracy. It is insane and blows my mind. And I think we do hold a lot of privilege that we can't imagine like what it would be like to be in like a war torn country. And I really hope we never experience that ever. Um, Me too, because we would all be living in the basement. Yeah. I think about all the times I've been scared when I've almost lost my life. And you guys, it's really been a lot. So we're not going to, that'll be like another episode. But I feel like, me and war would just be bad. Like, I would be one of the first people gone. And this is why I can never... Yeah. I I don't... I've seen too many videos already of everything happening um, in Palestine and um, what has gone on with the airstrikes and bombings and just everything. And I feel for the senselessness in losing loved ones and watching children have to face the hard truth of losing a parent that long that young and in such a vicious way in such so much trauma and like yeah it's not just children being pulled from like the rebel it's like adults it's 
there's a video of a Palestinian man that had spent like six years growing or uh, building his house and like uh, a business and like watching that fall to the ground. Like that it those literally are legacy is a humanitarian crisis. Yeah. And they don't even have enough food and water. So yeah, th- there would have to be, I mean, if things affected where we live in just our city. Right. There's not even 2 million people in Grand Rapids. Straight up. There's not. Yeah. It's like 200,000. And if we had a humanitarian crisis in Grand Rapids where we couldn't have access to fuel, water, gas, or, you know, food, like all those things, we would be in a bad spot. Now you multiply that times five to, not even five, times 10 to reach 2 million people. Yeah. Which half of your population are children who can't pull the weight as an adult could. And even then, how well are these adults functioning? And like they're all in survival mode right now. So it's pretty crazy and chaotic. Yeah. And then you only have a certain amount of people who are in the hospital system that are able to care for the 2 million people. Right. Like there's only so many people that can And what's happening when those people are dying too. Yeah. I can only imagine the horrific loss of losing a doctor when you're more. Because what are you going to do? I mean, you would have to like, at some point, they're going to have to start training people to help with things that are beyond their level of learning because they're going yeah. to need help. The doctors are all doctors, nurses, like everybody that's helping in the healthcare system is already so strapped. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. The UN doesn't even feel comfortable enough to come to uh, bring more resources in, or at least they didn't because they were concerned for their workers dying. Yeah. It's pretty dangerous. To, like, be on the ground helping. Yeah. And everybody reporting there. Yeah. I mega, mega respect. I don't under- – Journalists – Terrifying. Are wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would be literally scared for my life. But, like, those are also the people – I mean, we obviously – we need those people. And it's a good thing there are people out there that are willing to do the dangerous work. Um, so dangerous. Because we need people who can get on the ground and report and who can deliver resources and mm-hmm. who can, like, help. But humanitarian work is tough. Yeah. It's wild. Um, and so, like, aside from, like, moving conversations forward and talking, like, what do you think is the next best thing people can do? Obviously donating. I feel like there's tons yeah. of, like, organizations who are always, like, they're pulling in funds for like these kinds of things that are going on. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, obviously long game is voting and actually being involved with politics. I know it's like a trigger word for people using the P word, but it really is the center of all of this entire ecosystem. Like voting for people who want to encourage like world peace and like, allies and things like that so like talking about it donating and also voting yeah for people mm-hmm. well there who is align with that idea mm-hmm. there is a lot somebody that i follow on instagram called um 
the Razix. It's T H E. We'll put it in R-A-Z-I-C-K-S. the show notes. R A Z I C K S. Anyway, you just told me about them yesterday or the day before. Yeah, and they've been. They were one of those like funny couples. Yeah, it's a couple. It is a family couple okay. and two kids. But they were, you know, doing like cute, like funny videos. And now, since the war has started, they have just been trying to get everything out there but they because they're over in the middle east right are they in israel or are they i don't think they're in the middle east anymore okay um but i think they're stateside but they've been posting about launch good which um is providing support for people facing loss and displacement in a in in aid of um or in needing of humanitarian aid and I think one of the cool things that it is is $37 is to help deliver the aid. 55 supports an area and cause. Uh, 73 provides food for family for one month. 131 mm-hmm. sponsoring a child or oh, orphan. Oh, these are the dollar amounts. For three months. Yep. Okay. Um, and it, it just keeps going up from there. It has it broken down into like how much it, it costs to provide yeah. support. But anything – is helpful so if people are donating now so if everything has to be approved through israel first to get in i think like how does that work i think it's different when it comes yeah because the funds obviously are to provide resources right but then then there's all the people who are actually going to come from yeah then then there's the people who are going to be trying people that have to get on the ground yeah do it yeah okay that makes sense and i think that's what's is politics because politics is why egypt didn't open the border to even give them aid because egypt didn't want to cause a regional Mm -hmm. conflict either so it's not just the u.s yeah it's everybody involved and you know i mean we could talk about our own border here because i feel that's another episode the same way about our own borders yeah we should be protecting the people who are literally fleeing (laughs) their countries for a better life i think that we should always be providing humanitarian aid i understand that it's we only have so much money and support for services but we can make it work I feel like we can always figure out a way before. Yeah. We always find a way. We can always find a way. And I don't know what's, I mean, we should all be supporting one another and caring for one another. I mean, we're only on this earth for so long. Why would you want to spend it any other way than to help your people? Like literally people that are just like you. Other humans. Because I can't even imagine what it would feel like to not, to have people turning a blind eye to my pain and my suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have the world do it. I think yeah. that's why people are speaking up because you can't just not speak up. Yeah. I agree with that. Very, um, it's been a wild couple weeks. I'm sure the news will keep rolling in. Um, And I know that it might not feel like having these conversations really does much, but I feel like one little drop in the water creates so many ripples. And so I like to invite people into having these conversations. Um, 
even if people aren't on the same page, I think communicating about things going on with other human beings is, I feel like it's the biggest part of our humanity. Yeah. Um, so if people want to stay in touch with us or have conversation with us on any of the things we talk about here on the pod, I do have an email that people can send to me. Um, so I will put all of our socials and that email in the show notes, but do you have anything else you would like to say on this topic? We could probably do a part two, (laughs) part three, part four, part five, and talk about many other things as well, but I would like to say that being a human is really messy. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the messiest thing. And the only way to make the world better is to do the little good you can do. And if you choose to not do any good because it's too conflicting, um, then nobody would be doing anything. And so That's true. It's easier to do nothing than to do something. Yeah. Do some like do something. Right. Like anything. Just literal conversations literally yeah. have changed the world yes like keep yeah doing what you can do because there's a lot of things that I would like to do and I I would like to do actionable things and not just talk about it I don't ever want to be a person that just like doesn't stand up for more um yeah and I think it's just important to keep that in mind and to and to do what you can I know everybody's mental health is tough, especially living in the world that we live in now, but you can't, you know, you just can't turn it, you can't turn everything completely off because it's important to know what's going on. Well, I feel like when we cut it off, we're really cutting off our, our humanity. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you and I are very much aligned with this. I feel like kindness and love go such a long way but when we disconnect from what is happening around us is when we cut that flow off so not talking about just being like Pollyanna positive and things like that and like it's all rainbows and butterflies but like being connected enough to like use that humanity to do something with it to help each other because if we don't then we're just playing a role that like does not help. No, I would rather talk to somebody that is vehemently opposed to what I'm saying versus <laughs> right. an apathetic person. Yeah, because it's like talking to a rock. Yeah, because no they're so nice about it. They're just like I'm good. They're Midwest nice, you guys. Yeah. If you've ever talked to an apathetic person, you you know immediately <laughs> when you do because they're just like know whatever it is what it is but that's that's not how we get through life not how we should be so we have to be involved democracy anyway (laughs) involves action yes so moral of the story go home and love your people but also love your neighbor please for the love of like the entire world of mother earth here please um so i will link all of our socials and my email in the show notes and until next time Take care.